Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Friday Show, the show that cherishes the European Convention on Human Rights, if only for Frankie de Jong's sake. Keep strong, mate. We're doing a big old state of play pre-season preview edition, looking at the squad, hopes for the season and a lot more besides. Can Neymar cope with the heat of an English summer? Would his sister be prepared to move her birthday celebrations to Wacky Warehouse, Dinsbury, <laughs> with discounts for parties of over 20? Uh, with more ground to cover than Bernardo Silva in a derby. So to discuss such matters, delight to be joined by two of the 9320 podcast star signings. It's Steve and Joe. Uh, good morning, Steve. How are you doing? Good morning. It looks like I've got to up my game when I do intros from now on. <laughs> yeah, took me four hours that last night. <laughs> 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 yeah so how are you doing i'm very well thank you um looking forward to a really hot weekend apparently so um a bit of sunbathing well yeah i won't stay out on it too long on monday no, no. so let's just put it that way looking at the temperatures so i feel i feel guilty of talking to andrew you know that when i did the player performances yeah basically it was that temperature is normal for them. And it was last week. It was like 102 last week. So, but I, I love the heat. So I'm jealous, if anything, to be honest. It'd be I do, lovely to just live in, in sunshine. In t- eternal sunshine, yes. Please. Yeah, I do too. But I think 36 is pushing it a bit too much. But we'll yeah, see when we'll be on Tuesday. So. If I can't moan about the weather, what's the point? So. <laughs> uh, Joe, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. How are yeah. you? You okay? Yeah. Looking at, I guess, I'll segue into the first question. Are you bored of the summer yet? <laughs> because the, the season is approaching at speed, uh, are you ready for it? Um, do you know what? I've, I've been, uh, for, for, for me, for my standards, I've been really enjoying the summer and like not harping for the football at all. I've just been really enjoying the break. But that... Um, you know that player presentation they did last week. Mm. That's kind of uh, wet the palate. So I've started really looking forward to the season. Just suddenly this week now, I think yeah. it's just seeing all the new players in the city gear, and it's just like yeah, it's nearly here now, isn't it? Erling Haaland's not been seen since. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no one knows where he is. <laughs> yeah. Put back into hibernation or something. He's just walking around yeah. Piccadilly going on about how much he hates United. He's still doing his uh, Sainsbury's big shot. He's so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> got lost in the uh, exotic foods aisle or something. So. Who just knows? picture him in a, in a room in the CFA like in Rocky Four, where all the Russians have got him on the treadmill. Yes. <laughs> he's, lo- he's locked away in the CFA somewhere. Yeah, indeed. Well, exactly. You don't really need to practice your shooting, so... No. Yeah, might as well just get fit instead. So, uh, What about you, Steve? Have you watched a lot of other sport? I'm really enjoying the uh, women's Euros, I have to say. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a glory hunter when it comes to women's football. I watch um, the Manchester derbies and the major tournaments, international tournaments. The odd game here and there, but that's pretty much it. And I usually really kind of enjoy them and get into them. And then the season starts and I, my focus just switches almost entirely to, to the men's football. Um, but I have to say, I'm really enjoying this, this Euros. I think it's really, it's put on so well. Quality of football is really good. Some really good players to watch, some really good games. Um, and it's ticking me over, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's my methadone. Um, it's it kind of just get me through. So, 
I know, so I'm, I'm, I haven't overly missed football, I have to say, same as like Joe, but by my usual standards, um, I've just quite enjoyed this summer. And actually, what I've got now is a bit of pre-season panic because my job is to write about the Premier League and I have a number of different kind of clients and they're all set up for next season. That's fine, you know, it'll just carry on again. But I feel a bit out of practice now, out of a loop. So it's like, oh, crap, in like a week's time, I've got to start, you know, like basically pretending that I know what I'm talking about again. <laughs> and it's, I feel very much out of proceedings because all I've done really is just followed the transfer stories. And Steve. But then again, what more can you do? Steve, you need to start pretending right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Have a practice hour, yeah. Pretending <laughs> you know what you're talking about. Exactly that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the one downside to the Women's Euros is football without... An interest without an angle is nothing. You know, like, I can't get interested watching, say, Crystal Palace against Burnley. I could watch, but I don't have strong inclinations on who I want to win, probably Palace. And that's that's the issue with the women's game. Because it's new, if Portugal are playing against Sweden, uh, to name two randoms, I wouldn't know. You know, there's no, like motive there it's just two teams I don't know much about so yeah. uh, the more you learn about the game the more you develop that's exactly it yeah. I've had to research it teams you hate about players it, you so. like yeah and the city yeah. connections and some teams and obviously England speaks for itself uh, and they'll be playing tonight of course so yeah and of course it goes straight to the quarterfinals doesn't it so yeah I have I guess, to say as well um, yeah. uh, this is pure luck pure fluke this is but you know I write for a different betting site and I am nailing it at the moment and it, it is pure luck that's why I'm, I, you know, I'd never brag about it otherwise but I am <laughs> I am nailing it it's freaky man if I'm saying that you know there's going to be two or three goals in the first 25 minutes there are if I'm saying there's going to be a first goal scorer there is it's I've never been on a run like this, but it's complete luck. Right, I'm going to start putting some bets on to curse Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> Just to curse you. Uh, right, should we get cracking then? Because we've got a yeah. lot to cover. Uh, I know you two won't have had the chance to talk about it. In fact, no one has, as it happened the other day. So what we knew was happening finally got confirmed. That Raheem, yeah, Before we look at the season ahead and how you feel, we do need to talk about Raheem Sterling. Uh, Joe, I'll start with you. He's gone. To Chelsea, as I say, we knew this a week ago. How do you feel about it? Um, it's not how I envisaged it ending with Sterling. Um, I think he's one of the. I mean, if you, if you're just looking at his contribution, he's, he's one of the greatest servants Manchester City's ever had. Um, you know, he, he's been a fantastic player. Um, I always, given what he's said in, in the media and and and. What he's alluded to, thought he would probably end his time at City by moving to a foreign club, um, but I think the way it's just turned out with with his contract situation and how COVID has decimated the foreign market, I think it has just dictated that the only realistic way he was going this summer was to another English club. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I've got to say it. It's a bit bittersweet because he's one of my favourites and, um, I, you know, I can't begrudge him wanting a new challenge and doing what he needs to do, but the thought of him coming back in a Chelsea shirt just, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, I think I, I know how this plays out as well. I think it was the best four parties, even though 
it is very bittersweet indeed. And my preference was obvious, signing new contracts. That would have been what I wanted to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. He'll play well for Chelsea, and a lot of people say, look, this is what, yeah, this was a mistake. You just see it coming now. He'll, have a, he'll start well, score goals. He'll have his focus. He'll be the main man. And people say City made a mistake, but that doesn't necessarily mean City made a mistake. Because no. you did get the feeling by the end that this is just the best for all parties, that he wasn't going to be at his best in the system at City under Pep. And he may do at Chelsea, but that doesn't mean that he would have been at City if he'd stayed. Uh, so it's one of those, probably the right thing to happen, but say that very cautiously, to be honest. And yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame. Uh, but... It's been two years since we've seen big performances from, to be honest, uh, yeah. punch games. And that, as I say, he's not on the way as a player. I don't think it's twenty-seven. <laughs> Let's be honest, plenty of uh, plenty of years left. Uh, he's not his body's not been wrecked by injury, so put, it may work at Chelsea. I'm not convinced, but that doesn't mean it would have worked at City. So we'll see. Uh, Steve, what about you? Yeah, I think you you both kind of pretty much nailed it there, to be honest. I, I I am seeing a lot of extreme reactions from Blues, both of which are entirely understandable, of course. So I'm seeing a lot of City fans who are distraught that he's leaving, and I'm seeing a lot of City fans who kind of, not saying good riddance, but, you know, the ones yeah. who are kind of saying, oh, yeah, but he used to miss so many open goals and, and all the rest of it. And um, maybe some of that is just, you know, kind of um, hiding their, their disappointment. So I'm kind of... I always naturally tend to take a country view to things, and and um, so I'm I'm just trying to be really pragmatic about it, and I have been really from since the, the rumours became quite substantial. Um, it's just something that makes sense, I think, for all concerned. I, the only thing that doesn't make sense is Raheem's choice of club. Mm. I'm really surprised he's gone to Chelsea. I'm really there's well, no difference going to Chelsea than uh, City. You know, he's gonna I be think fighting that's the option. an array of wingers. Yeah, that was the only yeah. option, I think, really. So, well, yeah, very possibly, yeah, and and I, I do get you know moving back to London and, and the appeal of that, but um, so I'm not I'm not overly bothered about it to be honest, and I haven't been from from the get go. It's it, you know it, I couldn't really see him renewing you know extending his contract, so I've been braced for this for a while, yeah. and his performances have been slightly on the slide. But the season before last. He was encountering some criticism and there was kind of a swathe of performances which weren't kind of, you know, peak Raz. And people, you could basically say, yeah, but look at how better we are with him in a team. Look at how much we miss him when he's not playing. So clearly he's he's contributing. Clearly he's doing something. We're, we're not the same team without him. Could the same be said last season? No. So, and will the same be said this season? Yeah, very possibly not. So... Yeah, I mean, I'll always love the lad, and to which I'll eternally be grateful. And for this seems to be the right time to let him go. And frankly, as well, this is the kind of departure that we've seen too few of. I would argue at City. You know, yeah. you've, it's a corny, cliched example to use uh, Ferguson and United, but when he refreshed, very often it was players going who people said, "Oh, whoa, what is what are you letting him go for? That's yeah. a mistake." And then in hindsight, it, it transpired it wasn't. This, I think, could be one of those transfers. Yeah, but let's not let's not make out Ferguson got it right all the time. 
He didn't know, and you know, you got the Upstam, for example, which was entirely personal. But there were ones like you know, Mark Hughes, um, or Kozielskis. What age did Keane go? Yeah, yeah. There were a few back in. Yeah, well, well, you look back and you go, okay, that was the right time to kind of refresh and and bring through a different option. So I believe, maybe optimistically, that's a case here. Yeah, or leveraging the. uh the whole club's future on a racehorse, which was, you know, <laughs> yeah. his greatest contribution to Manchester United in my book. That, that, that was somewhat of a boo boo, I have to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, talk about ego. I just, I just, I just think Colin Sterling, though, just to, to touch on it. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't think it's any coincidence. There's a couple of factors. I think Silver and Aguero going impacted uh, Sterling adversely, and I think. I don't think it's any coincidence since we deployed that false nine system that <clears throat> maybe him not having that settled role in the team has seen him drop out. And yeah. I just get the impression that he's he's spoken to Pep probably in the last few weeks and said, listen, I'm, I think for Sterling, it's, am I going to start in the biggest games? Not even every week, but like the Real Madrid's and, you know, the Aston Villas. Am I going to be starting in those games? And I think Pep's just said, I can't guarantee that to you. And I don't think his performances are necessarily... Not saying he, he he's been <clears throat> poor all the time, but it's just you know I don't think he's done enough to justify starting those games. Yeah, as I said in my blog, he's got he's got the appearances he deserved, like most players. Uh, you see the odd player that just disappears, like maybe John Stones didn't get the performance, the appearances early last season that he deserved because there were two centre backs just nailing it every week, and that's how it goes sometimes. But there's always opportunities. There's always opportunities for attacking players if they're in form. They will get picked, and he got he got the performances he deserved. And I just felt, I just felt, you know, I love it. I, I am gutted he's gone, but I feel he values his own ambition slightly above the level of his performances in the last year or two. With the caveat that he performs best with regular football, and that's probably why he was so desperate to be picked all the time. He wants to play all yeah. the time, and he probably would have played better if we just kept playing him. The, the thing that I'm kind of most gutted about with him going is I just felt with the introduction of Haaland into the team as a settled yeah. striker would have enabled him to kind of just go back to basics, and I think that yeah. would have suited him down to the ground. So. For me, if I was, this is why I find it a bit confusing. It's just like, I mean, City, if you believe figures, are looking to save 50, 60 million alone on his wages on top of a transfer fee they've got. So from a purely financial standpoint, you can see why they've let him go. Uh, but from his perspective, you're thinking, you know, nail that spot down back in the team with Haaland, have a great season, and then your options are tenfold, aren't they, this time? Well, exactly. I mean, that, that's another aspect to it, which I've got to say. It's not just a choice of club, but it's, it was a timing of it. Um, you know, he he could he would be quitting if, if he'd stayed at City this season. Absolutely quitting. But, I mean, he is anyway, of course. But On the right, though, on the left, because, you know, it would frustrate me if we just, that he rarely played on the right, where I think he would be able to service Erling Haaland more. So... Mm. Yeah. Maybe the frustration might continue. I always said the thing with Sterling is things happened with him. So more chances and more misses. So it'd be interesting to see if we create as many chances without him in there. But I guess with his contribution not that big last season, we've already found <clears> that out and we'll still probably score more goals than everyone else. So yeah, we would I just get on. the impression as well though, just to, to final touch on it that 
maybe another season of him not getting those guaranteed games could have turned toxic with the manager. Mm. So maybe there's an element of that. It's just like, you know. Yeah. I think that's for all parties. I think there's a low level falling out there, but nothing too toxic. So Yeah. Uh Steve, just a final final thing. Do you understand you know, I've read far too much on a certain message board over the past week. Uh mm. which hasn't done me much good. <laughs> But just to see the gauge the fans, uh, do you understand this this accusation that for fun, many that aren't too bothered with him going, uh, isn't just to do with the football, that still never had a connection with the fans? Does this make sense to you? And I wonder how do players get a connection? Is it one of those questions that's impossible to answer? I don't know. I, I think maybe it's because from what happened as regards to the media and the treatment he received from the media, um, and also really from the get-go as well, when he, you know, the, the nature of his move from Liverpool mm. and the criticism he got for it, maybe we were always defending Raz, and maybe that was the dynamic of that relationship. And that's not a sustainable dynamic, really. And that's not a normal dynamic, really, within you know, a fan base and a player. Really, it should be adoration, shouldn't it? I mean, you look at Sergio Aguero and how we feel towards Sergio. It's we look up to him, we look up to Vinny, we looked up to, to David, and we were like, you know, you are our hero, you, you provide us with this glorious football, we love you. And then, you know, the player loves us back in return. With Raheem Sterling, it was more a case of us not kind of lavishing him with love, but looking around elsewhere and saying, hey, leave him alone, back off, he's ace, he's ours. And so, you know, we didn't have enough kind of emotional investment in the player himself. We were too busy defending him. I mean, maybe, I don't know, a bit wishy-washy maybe, but that, that's something that I feel would partly explain it. Um, beyond that, I, I'm, I'm perplexed. I All I know, all I can say is from my own personal experience is that, myself and the people around me at the ground loved the lad so um i would always hear stories i've heard one i think you said the same howard that people around you at the ground you know there's one or two who just never took to the no, lad absolutely but, not. but I, i've never encountered oh you know you can only speak from person about person, football say. it was about football yeah yeah it's about being useless in front of net that is literally what how they perceived him Right, but I've, I've never heard that from people around me, you know, where where I sit. So, I mean, I've just always been a bit perplexed by City fans who, I don't know, didn't feel much connection to him. Because look at what he's given us. I mean, just t- take away everything else and just look at what he's given us. It's, it's an extraordinary moment. Yeah. Um, 225 goal involvements. That's a legend. That's a legend. I, I think I asked the question more because what do all the players give us that they're in a bubble aren't they yeah exactly not their fault they're literally not you know the distanced from us uh you know i said half jokingly his sin was not being from yorkshire or maybe not smiling enough in the last year or or going down to a local chippy in manchester well i've got yeah as i say i've got four suggestions that could have improved his uh relationship should have named his dog after jack grealish Pretended he went to Tony's Chippy and Ancoats every Friday. Tripped <laughs> yeah. up Mo Salah during the Guard of Honour while sipping a hot Vimto and got a tattoo of a buttered balm on his shin. And if he'd just done those four <laughs> things, he would have been the city legend. So, yeah. But, yeah, demeanour. People just use the smallest things, don't they, to... Yeah, maybe just not mentioning the fans enough. That's it. 
Joe? Does can it be something that simple that like doesn't endear to fans? Of course, if you'd just been the greatest footballer in the world season after season, no one would care about what he said off the pitch because we love Sergio Aguero for his football, and let's be honest, that cheeky smile. That's those two alone. Mm. You know, he's just perfect, isn't he? Rightly so. <laughs> no, rightly so. I mean, he didn't... I don't even know if he spoke... Yeah. I didn't hear him in interviews. I don't know if he learned English. He, what was his connection with the with fans? It was just being bloody brilliant and and looking cute. <laughs> I don't know. But do you understand, Joe? It's, there's such fine lines in the ways they're not, so... Yeah, no, I do. Yeah. I do. I don't know if there's a cultural element to this, whereby... Uh, so, it might be a bit controversial now, but I think I think there's, there's an element, maybe an older element amongst, in my experience, so going to, to City games, <clears throat> both away and at home, I think there's a certain... You, you can split our fan base into certain categories, so you've got obviously the younger lads that have probably you know, been accustomed to watching City be successful. Um, and then you've got kind of my categories, had a bit of both. And then you've got some of the older generation. That would be me, No, no, I just, I just find like that, say for example, in my experience, I find if you get City fans around you who are maybe late 50s, 60s, I don't want to put them all in the, in, in the same box because obviously we don't all share the same opinions on on the game. But I find they're much more susceptible to to criticising him, or you know, it's almost like <clears throat> an empty net um, miss carries more weight than him scoring ten, fifteen goals in their estimation of him. It's just my experience. I think, that, um, I think fans always pick out the negative though. They'll remember a mistake more than the good thing. Well, it doesn't so, so it, it doesn't help either. Uh, and obviously this is just how it is, you know, but he does his style is quite it's always look quite laid back, doesn't it? I mean, it's that, not that, just that he hasn't got he's basically at we've got about four players who the ball seems part of their body. They are they have such mastery of the ball. Mm. They can make it do whatever they want. Raheem Sterling doesn't have that, and I think he's criticised for it because he can still run forward with the ball and do amazing things, but he doesn't have the... Riyad Mahrez can just literally blindfold him and he'll just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll just yeah. pick one out of the air. And it's like surrounded by such technicians, like with such beauty in the ball. And, you know, got David Silva before him that he may... Suffer for that comparison, I think. But, yeah, well, what I mean yeah. by the, the kind of open goal misses and being laid back is, you know, his reaction to it, it was to smile and kind of, you know, walk away. And that's how he just re- responded. That was his natural response. But, you know, maybe if it's a case of head in hands and looking absolutely distraught, you know, that, but <laughs> that's not me criticizing him by any stretch of imagination. It's just trying to get to the bottom, maybe, of why it would exasperate people. Mm. Um, but well, it, it didn't with me, so I don't know. I also, let, let's not overlook the fact that he's a cockney. Um, that's true. I'm not being trivial there. Let's, if you're talking about a lack of connection between City fans and a footballer, and that footballer's from London, that might play a part. 
if you're not from I Yorkshire. think there's a subconscious element to this as well. I, I do believe that the strong is a subconscious element. I think that narrative that was set almost when he left Liverpool, or even when he was at Liverpool, and he used to go to the shisha and, and, and you know and, and smoke shisha and stuff, and the media made him out to be this bad boy. I always feel like with certain elements of our fan base, that's that's stuck, stuck to him for yeah. some reason. Yeah. When my my opinion of him is. That couldn't be favoured for the truth. From the truth, I think he's been a top professional since he walked through the door. At City. Yeah, definitely. I think it so. stuck with him on how he deals with the media as well, because he's guarded yeah. and reserved. And football fans and don't, just, like, uh, don't like introverts or shy people, do they? They want. Yeah, I just always feel it's been like a nasty undercurrent with with some elements of our fans that it just they couldn't accept him. He was almost just seen as a lad doing a job, or maybe that that's an element of why. He wasn't ever considered in the same category as you, you, you know, the the modern greats. In that, it was always seen as a purely cold business relationship. In terms of, you know, he had his his um, cultural, um, you know, in terms of of and rightly so, taking it to the to the media and pointing out how how he had been unfairly, fairly um, treated in terms of how they reported on him and. With regards to City, it was almost just getting his head down, doing a job, without that, yeah. well, you know, we don't warm connection, if you will. I don't, I, well, it's yeah. hard to put your finger on. One consolation, we don't have to discuss it anymore. So, uh, yeah, we, we've, just spent, we've just spent a long time talking about a Chelsea player. <laughs> just, yeah. Well, yes, it's an exit, isn't it? So, uh, we'll see how his perception, if it changes at Chelsea, or how he does. I'd wish him all the best, but he is at Chelsea, so... Uh, no, I, I no, I do. Yeah, I wish him genuinely wish him all the best, and I hope he's a success at Chelsea. Um, yeah. I just hope that Chelsea aren't a success. Obviously, yeah. the ten players around him are an absolute <laughs> yes disaster. On there, as they just randomly buy whoever they can lay their hands on in the next four weeks. So yeah, until they've got a, a completely lopsided squad, having spent four hundred seventy-five million. That's how. It, yeah, we'll see. Anyway. Right, let's talk about people who are here. City, that's what the maybe the show is supposed to be about. Uh, I'll just start with you, Steve, with a simple question. There's still going to be some activity here. We Things are up in the air. But right now, how are you feeling going into this season? Are you confident and excited about where this squad is and what lies ahead? I'm very, very, very excited about what lies ahead with this squad. Confidence-wise... I've just put that on hold for the time being. Of course, I'm always going to be, you know, I fancy this to be top two and to be in, um, you know, direct competition with Liverpool yeah. again. Nothing's going to change yet. Um, although I do fancy Spurs to kind of push on and get closer to to the duo. Um, but as regards to am I highly confident of winning the Premier League or winning the Champions League, then, yeah, what transpires in the next week or two, um, well, next kind of three weeks is... It's key, really, because everyone seems to be going, <laughs> and <laughs> and City seems to be perfectly fine with that. It 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 almost feels like we've sat the entire squad down and said, right, who's not entirely one hundred percent happy here? Oh well, you're you're ninety seven percent happy. Yeah, you can go. Go on, off you off you go. Yeah, well, it's it's getting a bit weird now. Um, if Aki goes, we we have to replace him. If Sinchenko goes, we have to replace him, and. We have seen transfer windows in the past where we've 
been short of a player and we thought, all right, we're getting in. We're getting in. Oh, oh hang on. Whoa, whoa. The, the transfer window's just closed and we've gone in, in short. We we can't go into this season short. Um, and, you know, Pep likes a small squad. I get that. But come on. Um, so until this is all resolved, then my confidence is, I would just say, yeah, just park to one side for now. Yeah. I heard Sinchenko complained about in the canteen about Salmon Phillip being overcooked. And yeah, and I think... I think got I'm, straight on yeah. the phone to Arsenal and said he's yours, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe, let's <laughs> let's jump forward. Ake leaves. A defender replaces him. Zinchenko leaves. Cucurello arrives. Let's just say that's the hypothetical. Nothing else happens. That's the end of transfer business. How would you feel going into the summer? Do you... Again, another divisive element of City fans is, is this summer been a, a net gain or a net loss it's clear gain for me with a lot of caveats some of which Steve's just mentioned how would you feel if uh, we go into the season with that activity um, I would feel it's um, a refresh I think it would it would back up what Pep said about needing to shake the squad in terms of keeping ideas fresh keeping players engaged I think <clears throat> you have to you have to, you know, change and, and shake things up a bit when you've been so successful to, to keep moving forward and not to stagnate. And whilst I um, can see some merit in people being concerned, I think you look at um, Aku Carella coming in, he's a, an out-and-out specialist left-back, something that we've not been able to really rely on for years. Um, consistently, you've got a striker in Haaland. You've got Alvarez, who's a bit of an unknown quantity. I think, I think we're really starting to see probably the third iteration of of Pep City, in terms of you know you had the the hundred and ninety eight point seasons with the the Sarnes and the Sterlings high and wide. You've had this false nine era mm. where he's won two titles, and I think he's in the process of probably building the most. Pep, if you know what I mean, City team now in terms of a team really full of technicians with an absolute goal monster, <laughs> you know, heading it up up front um, with specialist players in their own positions. So I'm excited. I think that I think it may not look on paper to to be that much different in terms of the quality, but in terms of what Pep can work with and mould, I think it's an even higher ceiling with the players he's bringing in so yeah I'm really excited and looking forward to it Steve can we refresh too much I mean we talk about some players needing two seasons to get used to Pep Mm. it could be almost a third of the squad being you know in and out basically perhaps a new way of playing with attacking fullbacks maybe you know maybe new tactics Got to be some changes, obviously. With a strike, we've got strikers now. <laughs> uh, we may have a, a left back, whatever they are. So there's got to be changes. <laughs> is there a is there a danger that when you're up against, uh, yeah, Liverpool? If Liverpool just put in their uh, usual season, you have to hit the ground running. Maybe not the first game, but you can't you can't wait until five games in to get going. Uh, are you worried at all that there's too much change going on this summer? Very possibly. If there is, we're only talking, you know, one, one, one too many. You know, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's anything extreme. It needed a fundamental refresh 
uh, and this is exactly the time to do it. Do it when you're on top. Um, there were certain players who it's it's right to leave. Um, and, and you know, the players we've brought in have been of the absolute highest quality. So I would be far more concerned if we either were stagnating or B, if we the players we were coming in, I was unsure about. Yeah. And every player we've brought in, I'm like, right, that's, he's perfect for us. I'm really excited to see him. I can't wait. Um, so in that regard, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. It does typically take 12 months under Pep. But I think I think Harlem coming is kind of going to reimagine City anyway, just by who he is and, and it's what strengths are. So if you're going to be reimagined, then why not kind of use that time to, to have a refresh anyway? Um so I'm not overly concerned about it, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Joe, are you at all surprised there's been very little talk about about whether a right-back should be signed rather than a left-back? Are you happy that we'll... I mean, I, I want Kukurella to come in. He's looked... Yes, we've only got a one one season in the Premier League, but he looked damn good. I mean, when basically, when, you know, when you play a, a team like Brighton, one player stands out. He's that yeah. sort of player. He did stand out, so he was like, and it wasn't just his hair. It was just like, hmm. oh, this guy is handy. This guy just fits in this league. He's like really vibrant and dangerous. And his stats obviously were superb right up there. So I'm happy for him to come. But are you surprised that we're not looking at the right back for, you know, considering that Kyle Walker himself is obviously getting on into his 30s. Or do you think that'll be for next summer that we look at strengthening that position? Yeah, I think it'll be deferred until next summer. I think, Kyle, you know, there's nothing to suggest. And, you know, I know he had a, a bit of an injury at the back of last season, which was pretty much <clears throat> just an impact injury, really, wasn't it, from Atletico? Yeah. But, you know, in terms of athletic ability, I don't think there's been a better right-back in the Premier League era. So uh, I, uh, I'm i more than comfortable going in with the same again, I think. He's always delivered, and I don't. I've not seen a drop off in his performance, or you know, his his physical conditions starting to to decline. So, I think um, I think he's more than got maybe one, even two years left minimum um, at the top end of the game. So, I'm happy with that, and I think the club are comfortable as well to to go in with what they've got right back, and they've also obviously got Cancelo who can fill in there in case of an emergency. So. Yeah. Can I just uh, dive in here? I, I would, because I, I kind of do disagree with Joe there. I, I think there's two things we're taking for granted as City fans, and potentially one, potentially both are going to be problematic. I think we're taking it for granted we're going to get Cucurella. Um, Brighton are insisting that they're not going to budge and, and their valuation is kind of beyond what City are prepared to pay. Of course, that goes on in transfer negotiations, but it does appear very much to be genuine on their part that they're like, well, no, you, you know, you haven't come in with a, a bid yet. You just mm. keep talking about our player who we value at, at around the 45 to 50 million pound mark. And then you're kind of saying that you're not prepared to pay that. Well, come in with a bid. Let's, let's negotiate. But so there's a long way to, for that to go. You know, that's a long road down. Um, I think if Sinchenko goes, it becomes nailed on Kukurella. Po- they yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but still, I think we are if, in danger of taking him for granted right yeah, now. Yeah. And, and we're talking about him when essentially he's just a transfer 
kind of target rumour, you know, at this point. We also very much are in, in, in danger of taking Kyle Walker for granted. I mean, he's 32. And we can't just keep going into season saying, right, okay, this whole season, we've got him, him, and him. We've got him as, you know, kind of um, as backup to him. Oh, and right back, we got Kyle. Because, you know, he could break down at any point. He could, an, an injury for six, seven weeks, we're in trouble. Cancelo has consistently proven himself to be an infinitely better left back than he is a right back. So, I, yeah, there is an argument to be made to get, to get a right back. A young, exciting right back who could be back up to Kyle Walker. Yes, please. Well, what I agree with you, he's been better at left back, but I would use the, I'm not stating this as facts, but the, the possibility that he's not matching at right back is because he's now used to playing at left back. Yeah. So if you play, if you play Cancelo at right back for a whole season, he will, in my opinion, I would be quite optimistic that his levels would rise to the ones he does at left back now. Mm. But well, that's the problem. If, if, Kyle Walker picks up a one-month injury and you put Cancelo over to the right, yes, you probably won't get the levels of performances because he's he's kind of almost semi-forgotten how to play that position, if that makes sense. Uh, mm. There yeah. has to be a right-back at some point, but I guess there's so much activity going on, Steve, that can we really throw that into the mix as well? I don't know. No, maybe, maybe we'll do something very quiet. I, I, no, yeah. I, I just can't see us getting a right-back. I think, like Joe said, that, that's been kind of... Um, parlayed on to next season yeah again yeah we'll have to I, I'm making jumps because we have to try and work out what we are uh, make assumptions to discuss where we are at the beginning of the season but there's six weeks left of the window so though I doubt City want to do much business after the season itself starts because that's a pain in the backside basically uh, Joe the Ake part of the defence yeah <sighs> Has it been weird to you? And let, should he go? Uh, Nineteen Premier League starts in the last two seasons, but boy, did we need him at the end of the season? Just gone. Yeah. If he went, it, two questions really. It's a bit weird that we sell him. Makes sense, really, for four, you know to get forty-five million for a fourth-choice centre back. If he goes, what sort of defender should we target? A big name who competes with the other three, or an old head, stroke, young, uh, progressing player who's happy. Not, he isn't going to demand playing every single game. So it's a really awkward situation, this, I think. I think, okay, <clears throat> in terms of one of the most difficult things at the highest level of football, I think, is coming into a team while she's not played a lot of football and just hitting the ground running and doing her job. So whether that be um, asked to play as at left-back, which isn't his natural position, come in at centre-half when we've got injuries. And I think... There's there's a, almost a priceless element of to that, which is why I sometimes believe it's a bit naive that City have so publicly said, you know, if if you're not 100 percent happy and you can bring an offer, we'll we'll let any player go. Well, I don't believe Ake was necessarily unhappy per se, but I think it's just the case he's probably received a better offer to, towards his situation from Chelsea and them saying you come here and you'll be. A, you know, you'll start, although some of the rumours of late in terms of their transfer targets may contradict that. But I um I think it's a really difficult position, um for 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 a variety of reasons. I think if, if he does go and you're signing a young player it depends on, on the player's mentality. If City is telling it that you you come in and you perform 
you'll break into our team. But the reality on the ground is how, barring Diaz, our centre-offs, I know Laporte played a lot last season, but they're constantly in and out. You've seen you've seen Ake play well, you've seen Stones play well, and then you're not surprised to see them out of the team the next week. So to come in as a fourth choice and be brand new and, and have to adapt to what Pep wants from his centre-offs, it's, mm. it's difficult. Um and again, it's also the, the versatility aspect of, you know, Ake can, can play left back. So I should probably tell by my um answer, I'm 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 really not comfortable at the thought of him going. I think Sterling going there is dictated by his contractual situation. Like this just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, but if we are to go for a player to answer your initial question, it's it's got to be as close to to what Ake gave us in terms of versatility, um, good left footer, um, you know, complements our system. I think we've been linked with players like Paul Torres, haven't we? And and um, oh, forgive me, I can't remember. Is it is it Kunde? Kunde, yeah. yeah. But I just don't see that as realistic for a player who's got so much interest as as a Kunde, because you know, again, it's you're looking at your competition at City. And you look at some of the other clubs who are in for him. Is it realistic to expect him to come in and be expected to fight and get in the team when he can probably go somewhere else and be the the main man defensively? It's it's a really sticky situation that I didn't. I'd feel like we didn't really need to find ourselves in. So Steve. it's the one element of the summer I'm not yeah. happy with. I, Steve, I, I got, yeah, I'll, can I ask you then, Steve? Sorry, it, your coup day, and you they say you come in and you're equal competition. Yeah. You have as much right, you know, the four of you are fighting for positions. As a player, do you want to come into one of the best teams in Europe and fight with three players on an equal footing? Or do you want to go somewhere where you know you're, first tr- you're going in straight into the first team and you're there unless you're, you form falters? And that really depends on what the other options are elsewhere because there's a lot of attractions in coming to Manchester City. You know, you, pep, you work under Pep Guardiola, you're going to win trophies, you're going to be highly successful, you're going to kind of come on as a player. The downside, of course, like like Joe said there, is you're going to come in and think, hmm, well, I'm not going to start every week and I could even play really well for three games in a row and I'm not going to start every week. So, um, But you've got to back yourself as, as a top-level footballer and people like Koundé and Tarez and Delete, you know, they, they, they are of that calibre where they would back themselves to, to establish himself. Now, I firmly believe that should Nathan Ake go to Chelsea and we get £45 million for him, then we double down and we bring in a Torres or a, a, a Mateus Delit or a Jules Kunde. We get an absolute top quality, top level defender. Don't be pissing around bringing in a young player who's, as Joe perfectly said there, you know, is going to struggle to kind of come in and be dropped out and come in and, as he's trying to learn the ropes at City and play under Pep Guardiola. Um, no, you need absolute top quality who's going to come in and say to Diaz and Stones and Laporte, are you sure? Are you sure that you, you, you know, you, you're going to be playing every week? You know, you're going to have to raise your game. Um, this is what a, a top, top club does, you know? So let's not be trying to be cute and clever and bringing in like, you know, a, a, a 21-year-old from kind of, um, some mid, mid-level La Liga club. No, no, no. Let's just get an absolute quality defender and say, we're strengthening. And, as regards to the City fans, I would say, and I've been guilty of this, I think we've all been guilty of this, we're taking so much pride right now in our net spend 
and saying, "Oh, look, look at what we've." Yeah, look at who we've brought in, and and yeah, and yet we're only spent this amount. If it costs a hundred million, well, not hundred million, obviously, but if it costs kind of you know sixty, seventy million, go out and get the best to stay at the very top, and then you know put pressure on the port, put pressure on Stones, put pressure on Diaz, because that's you know we don't owe them anything. This is what a top class club does. Um, so yeah, go for the very best is what I would say. If Ake does indeed go to Stamford Bridge. Hey, let's not forget, Rodri's new contract saves us money as well. How? Because it's amortised over a longer period now. Is oh, lovely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quidzing, we're quidzing all the way, so take that, Liverpool fans. Yeah, yeah. New new contract, extended contracts there, uh, spread money as well. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, someone has to come in, obviously. I, I, how, how do you feel? How would you say? I mean, if it was a straight choice between. Oh. A 22-year-old, really highly promising kind of youngster, um, or you know, Delay or, or Kunde, for example. I what's the name of the guy at Leipzig? Sorry. Oh, I know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's he's no, yeah, I mean, it's just not going to come. Um, but yeah, I, I can't remember his name now. But well, yeah, yeah. I mean, as a template, him. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I probably pronounce his name wrong anyway. So uh, but you can kind of really Gavardiel, is it Gavardiel? As a template, that sort of player really just broken through, but young, so hardly likely. Not like Akulabali, who would want to play. Like at thirty-one, he's not coming in to be a backup, is he? Or someone who's twenty-five, twenty-six. How old's Kunde now? Probably, I don't know. Is he like twenty-four now or something? I think if you've got someone who's twenty, twenty-one, and is really having breakthrough period, that kind of fits the template for me because. I think they're going to be a bit more patient. But yes, my general feeling is go for top class. But you've yeah. got to persuade the player. But every player is unique and individual and will see it differently. Some players will want a you know, guarantee. The Kunde, I could understand if he thinks Chelsea are a better option because they are absolutely desperate for defenders so he knows he's going to get game time unless they keep on buying and buying them in which case it all changes and Ake finds himself sixth choice at Chelsea for all of a sudden <laughs> but it, I could see why he'd see that as a more sensible option right now to go to Chelsea because he walked into the team easier but it's different for every player and he, yeah. he, it's up to Pep to persuade a player and say look believe in yourself we play 55 to 60 exactly. games Exactly, I was season. going to say the same, yes. yeah. As a World Cup this year, we, we, you know, for this year at least, you'll you'll get football. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens there. The only area left, really, to ask you about is replacing Sterling before we look ahead to the season itself. Joe, will you be dis- I mean, all the noise is coming out is that well, I say all the noises. We'll talk about a certain <laughs> rumour that surfaced that may be absolute rubbish or may be true in a minute. So uh, we'll hold off on that. But if the the noises previous have been Sterling goes, we don't replace him. Would you be yeah. unhappy if that's the case, basically? We go with what we've got. Um, no, because I've I've almost come to expect that to be the case <clears throat> from everything the club seems to have briefed. Um, and I think, I think what's been lost in this is that I think out of all the players, and since we've deployed this false nine system, that I've probably been selfless and had to, you know, 
sacrifice certain elements of their game has probably been Foden. I think when we've seen Foden play that set position out left, you know, in the Champions League, VPSG, he's just been unbelievable, hasn't he? And, and a match winner. Um, so I'm expecting to see the likes of Foden or maybe Grealish or Mares <clears throat> to just have settled positions now, um, which is going to enable them to, specifically in Foden's case, probably play the best football of the City career to date, which is a really exciting prospect. So um, <clears throat> some may disagree with me and, and want those goals and assists replacing, but I think having a, a, a Foden set in stone now rather than having to play false nine or on the right or on the left um, in one position and then having a young Palmer, who the club really rate out there as well. I think it's an exciting proposition. And I think, to be honest, to be brutally honest, the much more, even though Sterling's played his best football under Pep and clearly been moulded by him, I think they're much more natural, what you would call Pep players. Mm. They're just purely low centre of gravity, pure technique footballers. There's a, yeah, there's a rumour. Palmer is blowing people away with his, his levels in training but as they've only just come back I'm not sure about that so three days so far <laughs> yeah well yeah <laughs> that's yeah, all you need got, uh, ten yeah. minutes I can be one round in ten minutes so. I think what's been lost in a lot of this was stealing as well is what people forget is that the club have seemingly briefed that if not for injuries last year Palmer would have probably played a lot more football I think he mm. broke into the team around October when we played Everton and he was really impressive wasn't he at yeah, the, the, the faith was um, there pretty much yeah a year so yeah, that a could year have again. seen yeah that could have seen Sterling even further down the pecking order last season if he'd have really you know built on that but he got injured didn't he so um, the, the talk is that Palmer basically is going to be you know take Raz's spot and Mc, McAtee is going to take Palmer's spot from last season so you know McAtee we can expect to see kind of, you know, five games, uh, perhaps five to ten games for the season, uh, as his pathway kind of, you know, widens. Um, and Palmer, this is his season, to, this is his breakthrough season. So I'm really excited by that. As Joe said, Foden is going to be relishing this year. Um, this is the worst name drop in the world, <laughs> but I was talking to... Oh, well, here was... we go. <laughs> Even for me, this is bad. I was talking to Tim Sherwood. Uh, of course you were, yeah. Oh, God. But, I mean... <laughs> but, you know... Okay. Just catching up with you, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, he um, he brought Jack Greenish through at Villa and, you know, in his kind of... In Greenish's breakthrough season at Villa, he was in charge there. He said that Jack is going to be loving this Stilmer. Absolutely loving it. He's going to be loving everyone doubting him from last season and he's just going to be absolutely relishing the prospect of proving everyone wrong he said that that's the kind of guy he was he actually he invited pressure on himself because he, he loved it um, and I, I, I go along with that wholeheartedly so I think this is a big season for Grealish we've obviously got Mares um, we've we, we got Alvarez as well who I'm a bit on the fence with Alvarez because what we see is phenomenal and it's so exciting I'm just worried that we're putting too much yeah, on him, not, you know? He's not yeah. looking into the side, is I, No, no. He, I don't know if Harlan has picked up an injury. We, by the way, we've, um, what, what's going on with Keiki? Why is no one talking about Keiki? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, obviously, that's, that's for Pep to... Why? I don't know. Is he training with the first I, team? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, you know, he's fought off very highly there. And, and, you know, 19 now, I would have thought this could be 
his season to kind of, you know, at, at least get a couple of, um, you know, well, particularly with five subs now. So, yeah, he could feature as well this season. No, just say the five five subs perhaps gives youth players uh, opportunities, but yeah, yeah, you know, we might get to November and Pep's done two substitutions across you know, the first four, <laughs> fourteen league yeah. games. So, no, Joe, jo, there was talk that he was going to be loaned out, but that hasn't manifested itself. So I, I, yeah, so I don't know what's happening now. Mm. Just on the yeah. side, are you are you both happy with us selling youth players with buyback options? Rather than loaning them out, yeah, I, think it's I, the way I, forward. I, I do, and, and, and you know, it's been forced upon us with the restrictions on on the new kind of loan system now. So that's um, twenty one. That's over over twenty ones only, though. I think. So. Oh, is it? Is it really? Okay, well, it's so. clearly a new strategy taken on by the club because it's happening so regularly now, and I, I personally like it. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I think it, it makes a lot of sense for the player as well because you know the, the club he's gone to have invested in him yeah. and so they are committed to basically bringing him through and developing him whereas you know too often we saw someone would loan not to our city here but a Premier League club would loan someone to Barnsley let's say and he spent the whole season on the bench it's like well what's the point he would have yeah. learned more at his parent club so yeah yeah, I just think from a player welfare perspective as well it's much more healthier and better because I think you know a player goes on loan they do well and then they come back and they still face the same challenges at City yeah. in terms of a title yeah. winning team and yeah. then they're in the same boat whereas now they go City make money they probably get a signing and an on fee and a nice contract and they, they get a chance at a, you know, a good Premier League club and, and they've always got that caveat in the back pocket that if they go there and they're outstanding and you know the they're performing to levels that you know the big boys are really interested they know that City a club that they know have got that that buyback clause so yeah. it just makes better sense I, I think. think I think players were getting swallowed up by the system at, at crucial time in their development as well crucial age so when I first yeah. when I first heard these stories of players being sold that oh no what's going on and then I thought about it I thought actually this makes much more sense because they'll get the they should get the football yeah uh, as long as the buyback clauses aren't exorbitant but yeah of no City I, have I, negotiated them and you know to their liking so yeah well, I think we've yeah. done it previously with Angelino haven't we so we've seen it in practice work and so I know I know he didn't come in and, and set the world alight but you know we, we have sold a player in Angelino before and brought them back so yeah you know we've got yeah. previous Right, the season that's coming up then. First obvious question, Steve, is three friendlies enough? So we've got Club America, which will be early Thursday morning here, by Munich, and then the Community Shield, which, just to state the obvious, is a friendly. <laughs> uh, I was wondering what the hell you were talking about when you put three friendlies in the... In the so so you're incorrect then, you put three friendlies, uh, when actually there's two. <laughs> and a title. you. Let's not get, argue about the formidables again, can we, please? Two friendlies yeah, and a I mean, title is what you're referring to. Yeah. Well, that depends whether we win the game or not. So. <laughs> we're, we're trying to get we're trying to get Pep to renew here, and, and you're picking up on his biggest bugbear of dismissing the yep. holy grail that is the community yep. shield. Oh, I I'm expect a manager to yeah grab anything they can. I'm sure United are claiming they won a trophy this week, but they didn't. didn't. <laughs> what well, a fine trophy it was! <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Looks like something from Legoland, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and we're the proud winners of the Joan Gamper Trophy, of course, are we not? And so. the Thomas Cook Trophy. Yeah. Most prestigious pre-season. Oh, yeah. They're all there in the uh, 
the cabinet. So yeah, but to answer your question, I would, last season there was three friendlies. There was supposed to be five, two were cancelled because of COVID, and um, there was one in France, wasn't there? And there was one in Barcelona that didn't transpire. Um, we did all right, didn't we? Um, we lost in the, in the first game. Not the first the game, no, we didn't. Yeah, I was getting, well, I was, if you let me finish, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we were off a pace against Spurs, um, but we did all right in the season overhauls overall, so it's not overly a problem. Um, I, I think because of, you know, with the World Cup this season and the condensed nature of the season, um, yeah, a lot of it will be going on behind behind the scenes anyway um, in, in training. So I think personally, I, I know I'm sounding a bit wishy-washy here because personally I just think way too much emphasis is placed on pre-season friendlies because they're happening in training, you know. just It'll be first team against reserves, but they're still friendlies going on every day. So... Yeah, do you yeah. match fitness? Oh, it's match fitness, isn't it? Not fitness. Yeah, well, okay. he's still running round. <laughs> I, I know, yeah. I mean, basically, there could be a short-term disadvantage, but Pep looks at the season as a whole, a brutal season. Mm. Give him time off. I, I can fully understand it. Absolutely. Joey, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, before Joe comes in, it, I, know, I know it's a cop-out, but it's true all the same. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Joe, are you happy with preps for the season? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you think what the players are going to have to endure once this season gets up and running with a World Cup in there and do you know what I mean? I think taking it, I know, not necessarily taking it easy, they're still playing free games and I think last year they only played so few because games were cancelled because of COVID, etc. But I think um, given what they're about to put the bodies through <laughs> for the next nine odd months, I think three is fair and more than enough. I think we have to. I I've forgotten to mention it. We have to mention as after the Sterling exit, the the rumor about a certain Neymar coming in. Hmm. Blow Sting. the doors off. Yeah, um, yeah. My answer is very short. Those decide. I don't want that knob at my football club. All right. For the record, there's two Ben Brazils in Manchester. So. <laughs> Just for the record, put it out and very nice it is. I'm never going to those places ever again. They are amazing, but they're too good. Dangerous. I get in meat sweats and it's, yeah, it's not good. Uh, So that's, uh, you're sitting on the fence there, Steve. (laughs) Yeah. I I gave more more time to the food than to Neymar. Um, Yeah, I don't want that knobhead at my football club. And and he's not coming to my football club, so it's, it's redundant anyway. Joe, uh, does your opinion differ at all? And just tied in, if not him, this tighter squad thing with the World Cup coming up, yeah, it ties into not having many pre-season friendlies, but is this not the time, is not the season for a, a tighter, smaller squad, you know, that Pep always has? Could it, I think it c- could come back to bite us. Obviously, a lot of fans are worried about us how thin this squad is getting, but of course we don't know what will happen in the rest of the transfer window. Yeah, I think people make the argument in that it's probably going to be like for like in terms of numbers once we're finished, but people say that they think um, we were like last season in terms of compared to previous squads, but I think Pep's been on record a, a million times, hasn't he, saying he likes a smaller group of players because he hates having to leave players out, which, again... Would argue it's going to be caveated by the new five subsystem. 
Um, but you know, it is what it is, and I think I think we'll be okay. I think with the manager we've got and and the culture at the club now and what we what we've come to deliver over the years, I think um, I think we'll be more than okay, especially with the, the pure quality we've got in that team. Now it's scary, but in terms of Neymar, um, the big kid in me. Um, can't lie I'd be excited about seeing him in a city shirt in terms of some of the things he does but to me it just it just screams like Gary Cook early era Manchester City and not yeah we've become accustomed to this well-oiled machine that you know bides its time in the market yeah. and brings players in that fit the system so it would obviously be something that Pep if it was to happen as you know, gone to bat for, but I just don't see it. I don't see how it fits in with the modern Manchester City. I'm sure off the pitch, in terms of shirt sales and, and all the rest of it, commercial activity, I think he is Puma's main athlete as well, isn't he? Which is an interesting caveat. So I'm sure they'd be delighted to see it happen. But, um, nah, just, it doesn't, doesn't fit for me. Do, do you think he would? Uh, we talked about tight squads players who don't want to stay there uh, so any inkling of not wanting to stay there go out uh, you know available for sale the morale at the club seems you know looks like it's been excellent for seasons you know this is part of the reason do you think he'd upset that uh, I'm sure part of his wages would have to be paid by PSG his general how he's uh, viewed as a you know with an entourage and his application and commitment I think that would upset the city camp or do you think he gets too hard a rap on that score I think he does get harder rap because I think he's gone to <clears throat> primarily what's almost a, a basket case and toxic environment of a football club where <laughs> from the outside looking in there's no infrastructure it's just a superstar kind of Harlem Globetrotters approach you know the, the hemorrhage through managers they don't really have a designated style and the players seem to rule the roost there Whereas maybe when you look at his Barcelona days, when he was, you know, part of a settled team and that won the Champions League, I think ultimately, because his performances were so good, he almost um, became frustrated about being in Messi's shadow, which yeah. makes it all the funny that PSG then went and signed Messi after spending 200 million on Neymar. But um, maybe if he was just to come into City where there's a settled structure, um, you'd see a much happier player, but you always take the risk because he obviously is Brazil's main man. He's a superstar footballer. That you know, if he doesn't perform and he gets left out, that it would start causing issues. So I don't know. It all seems like so like ridiculous if our fetch discussing this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but I would. Yeah. yeah, I would categorise it as a really exciting signing that I absolutely do not want to happen. So. <laughs> Because, yeah, there's a lot be, of risk. Yeah, it, it, it would be a frightening front line, but yeah, so many uh, issues there as well. Uh, right, it's just the, the, the hard work element. Sorry, just to finish uh, yeah. in terms of Pep, it just doesn't really fit into that, does it? I've been to see the stats somewhere that that's true. Yeah, but that's that is the perception. Uh, time is defeating us, so we're going to wrap up pretty shortly, just very quickly, because we will deal with this nearer the time in much greater depth. I am sure of that. Stay next season, main rivals. Do you see it being a two-horse race again, or 
Are Chelsea going to be in the mix? Are <laughs> United going to be in the mix? Uh, Spurs, Arsenal, more the same? Or do you, could you see it being different next season? Well, I was chatting to um, Tim Sherwood yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I was having this, this discussion, yeah. With, uh, well, I, <laughs> I, I, I actually did ask him this, this, this exact question. Um, yeah, there's no way that anyone's going to kind of topple City and Liverpool this, this season. It's going to be between the two of them. Um, and that's going to be the case for as long as Jurgen Klopp's at Anfield and Pep Guardiola is at the Etihad. And it doesn't matter what the other clubs who they sign, what they do, who they bring in in a managerial capacity. Whilst Klopp's at Anfield and Guardiola's at, at the Etihad, it's going to be a two-horse race with City winning the league more times than not and um, being the dominant of the two. So that's not going to change for the foreseeable. That is definitely not going to change for this season. Um, like I said earlier, I expect Spurs to really push on, challenge Chelsea for kind of third. That'll be an interesting one between those two. And that takes care of top four. Um, Arsenal and United were battling for fifth and sixth. It's all pretty boring, really. Let's just look at the relegation spots where it's more interesting. Fair enough. Uh, Joe? Disagree with any of that? So I think it's going to be an interesting perspective in that City and Liverpool, um, I think, will still be the standard bearers. Or should I say City will be the standard bearers with Liverpool pushing them. Um, But I think you're going to see a much more competitive um, Premier League in terms of the teams just immediately below that I think mm. unfortunately United all improve under Ten Hag I think Arsenal uh, will continue in this upward trajectory uh, I think Tottenham and Chelsea specifically Tottenham are really going to start pushing on um, and I think you'll see them let a lot of clubs lay the foundations to close that gap to City and Liverpool in the years moving forward is the general vibe I'm feeling yeah and a couple of se- so sorry, yeah, I would, but a couple of seasons ago, um, Leicester were pushing into the top, you know, looking to get yeah. in the top four and then getting the top six. Wolves were really making a mark as well and, and kind of challenging for the top six regularly. And all the talk was how there's no such thing as a top six anymore. Um, should it be reimagined as a top five, maybe, or what what have you? I think this season it will be the reestablishment of the top six with the rest just as also runs in comparison. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think you could see like something like two, one, two points between third and sixth. That yeah, surprise me at all. I think it's going to be really competitive. Yeah. But Spurs, could, the only potential surprise is Spurs, as in they could do better than expected. But even then, they will be adrift of City and Liverpool. Yeah, that, the plus of that is they could keep United out of the top four if they push on. Exactly, yeah. But then being yeah. title contenders. The only way they're title contenders is if there is a real dip for City and Liverpool and it takes 80 points to win a title, not 90 plus. Mm, Which yeah. at some point will happen, basically. We're not we're not going to an era of everyone getting over 90. And maybe with the World Cup bang in the middle of the season, there is that crazy uncertainty just placed into the season. But ultimately... Sure. It affects everyone, so it may actually not change anything at all, or it may do. Who knows? But I think it is pretty competitive. Yeah, third to sixth, we will see. Uh, and you never know when. Yeah, a team has an off season, a burnout. Yeah, City and Liverpool have had them, so we will see. Uh, very final question. Stay under a minute each. 
your general vibes then. We'll come back to a lot of these topics, of course, on the player itself. We're doing lots of previews, and of course, we'll have our preview of the West Ham uh, game when the season comes around and the Community Shield is very quickly upon us. Your general vibes now as the season approaches, are you feeling really good about the season ahead for City? For City, I'm feeling really good. Um, as we said at the top, it, it's more a case of what transfer business is concluded in the next you know, five to six weeks. Um, that will kind of determine how I, I really feel. Um, but, you know, we, we've seen some incredible football with an incredible coach and we've won the league, you know, two, two years running. Um, yeah, of course, I'm confident. Yeah. And um, is it possible to be too excited to see Erling Haaland kick a football in situation? I, you know what? I mean, I, I'm, I can't wait. I, but I also can't wait to see Alvarez and I can't wait to see the lads back as well. And I can't wait to yeah. see him playing this new kit. So, there's, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, obviously, yeah, I, I'm giddy about Haaland. But in addition, there's so much more. Yeah. Just need to interrupt, lads. Sorry. Uh, David Ornstein has just broke that Nathan Ake will be staying at City. Wow. <laughs> Honestly? Yeah. So, should we, should we start the pod again? <laughs> well, there was a little bit of, yeah, buying. I mean, that's that's great because that's the head scratch of like, how do you replace him? Not mm. that he's integral to our success, or he could yes. be. He could be called upon at any point. But that he, he was. It just made sense to have him there that, you know, replaced him was such it, it, a difficult... It sounds, it sounds disparaging to say he's a perfect fourth-choice centre-back. He's so much more than a, a fourth-choice centre-back, but that's exactly why he's the mm. perfect fourth-choice centre-back. So yeah. Listen, I, I genuinely believe he was knocking on the door to break in at times last season. And just yeah. to, to recap quickly, he said, Nathan Ake is staying at City. Chelsea showed a strong interest. City would only sell a valuation met. That hasn't happened. A mutual decision has been taken for the 27-year-old to remain and play a key part in Pep Guardiola's I mean, bonds. Yes. That just shows like there are, there are sources for transfer that you believe, that you know they're getting it Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seemed nailed on that, that they were going to come to a, an agreement and he was going. It really seemed like it was happening like in the same way Jesus and Sterling was. So it just shows you never know, do you? You never know. That's, that's really good news, that is. That's it is, really yeah, it is good news. news. Uh, Joe, then, just thanks for that, firstly. No and worries. your vibes going into the season, then I'll wrap up. Yeah. Well, can I can I I'll change keep... my answer now? <laughs> yeah. We're, We're going to win everything. Up. The quadruple. We're, up. <laughs> We're going to win the community shield, up. yeah. Um, I'll keep it quick for you, then. Um I think for the first time since 2017-18, there's an element of unknown because of the, the, the kind of major surgery to the squad. I think in previous years, it's been, you know, keyhole surgery, if you will, just bits coming in. Uh, and that gives me a real excitement to see how Pep's going to work his magic um, because I think it's going to be a new look City team to a degree. Um, yeah. And I think the Haaland signing just changes, not just the dimension of City, but the idea possibly the whole dimension of the Premier League. It's going yeah. to be a game-changing signing, so I'm excited. And let's see um, how this team looks. It's, uh, as I said earlier, potentially the third iteration of the Pep Guardiola City era, so bring it on. Well, exactly, that iteration. Could, the unknown as well is how we will play uh, and if that will take time to bed in. If playing with the striker course, will we play with overlapping, you know, attacking Fullbacks is that where the width comes from. So yeah, there are plenty of unknowns, not just in 
the names and the squad changes. So exciting, but yeah, I guess uncertainty is bigger when you have such a big refresh. So uh, yeah, that's it. I think we've we've covered a lot, and we will be coming back to it as this, yeah, there'll be more transfer activity, more transfer shows, and we'll get a better picture as the season approaches of you know of where we are. So Joe, thanks very much for coming up. No problem at all, Howard. Thank you for having me. Uh, Steve, thank you very much. Pleasure, mate. Yeah, uh, have a great day, both of you. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, remember, our 93.20 player content costs less than a pint each month, unless it's Holtz. And for that, you get at least 20 shows each month, perhaps more. We're massively expanding the show, the podcast, and what we intend to do in the coming season. So the value just increases all the time, but the price does not. Uh, you'd be a fool not to join up. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Don't stay out in the midday sun. Uh, take care, and as always, up the blues.